Welcome to another episode of The Houstonism. In this episode, I'm going to be rejoined by some returning guests, Maggie and Alex, as we discuss some TV shows. We're going to take a look at the television shows that most impacted us and why and have a little discussion along the way. So tune in and hopefully enjoy the show. All right, so I am now joined by Maggie and Alex. Both have been on the episodes before. How are you two doing? Good. I'm doing fantastic. All right, it's been it's been a while since we've seen each other, so I'm looking forward to hearing where our generations cross. Uh, what we are doing here is we are giving the ten shows that we have seen as the most influential in our lives, for whatever reason that may be. Uh, Maggie had this idea and she she got it from one that might be either an honorable mention or a show that shows up on her list so i won't say any yet in case it comes up but we uh it, it should be interesting we'll, we'll just talk about why they're influential and see if we have any overlap and and what we think about it so maggie we're gonna since this was your idea we're gonna start with you we'll all go through our tens or nines and so on and just see how tv has shaped us and see if there's any listeners that share the same. So Maggie, if you want to get started with your 10, go right ahead. Okay. Um, so I want to start mine off by giving a shout out to who gave me the idea for <laughs> this topic. In case they're, they're not technically a TV show. Yeah, they're probably listening. <laughs> it would be Good Mythical Morning on YouTube. Some people might be familiar with them with Rhett and Link. Um, I was introduced to them just scrolling on YouTube when I was in seventh grade, I think is how I calculated it. And at the time I was dealing with some really heavy, like anxiety issues and their YouTube show completely just helped me escape that. And so I just want to give a huge thank you to them and for the idea for this podcast. But they aren't my number 10. I just wanted to give a shout out. All right, awesome. Okay, so then what is your number 10 show? So before I start, some of these people might not recognize because I want to say my parents are baby boomers. And so the shows that they showed me are kind of dated, (laughs) but they still have a huge part of my life. So my first one is Columbo. (laughs) Yep. It's a fantastic uh, show. I, I, I watched it with my grandparents <laughs> whenever I was a little <laughs> kid, so I'm shocked. Okay, go ahead. And we will have a few of the same. No, we won't. Um, <laughs> so, Columbo uh, began airing in 1968. So when you, when you were born? <laughs> yep. I was a year after that. Um. So I want to read the synopsis that Google gives. Columbo isn't the typical detective whodunit TV show. Most detective shows, viewers don't know who committed the crime until the detective pieces the clues together and figures it out. On this show, however, viewers see the crime unfold at the beginning of most episodes, including who the perpetrator is. The mystery and fun for the viewers is trying to spot the clues that will will lead Lieutenant Columbo, played by Peter Falk, to discover the culprit and watching the tricks he uses to get a confession. Um, 
so I chose this show because it's very special to me. I remember um, it was probably during middle school and high school when I started watching it with my parents because they remembered it growing up. And then I would go over to my grandmother's house every Sunday because it would play on that like TV land or like me TV. And I would go over and watch it with my grandmother. And it was just like really good memories. I really liked the guy's personality, like the Lieutenant Colombo. I think he's just kind of goofy and he's not really put together like you would see like on a typical crime show. He's like, like has his like pants kind of loose, his like suit doesn't fit him. And yet he is so like competent at his job. And so people kind of mistake that and like kind of take him for granted for that but then he gets him in the end so I just like it because of basically the nostalgia of it but that's why I put it in number 10. (laughs) Okay uh that was that that surprised me right off the bat I did not see that coming uh but hey sorry Peter Peter Falk is is great in it I I I do remember watching that with my grandparents when I was a little kid so um Uh, your experience with me making you watch the show yeah i mean i'd never i'd never call it like you making me watch the show i love those kind of shows uh like colombo and monk both great great shows that i really like like that and so and we had a tradition where every sunday for a very long time you and i would go over to your uncle's house and we'd watch colombo or monk and they both come Mm -hmm. on back to back we'd watch that for as long as like we could then we'd go home like just fantastic show love Love them both. It's it's. I was recently introduced to it, so I I haven't gotten to experience it as much as you guys probably have, but uh, I love it. You probably experienced it more than I did. It wasn't. <laughs> I, I I didn't watch that many episodes of it, but yeah, I I did watch it. It was also when I was real little, and so I don't really remember. It was just like on. So, but okay, Alex, I'm gonna let you go go first uh, for your number ten this time. Okay. Uh. So my number ten was the. I kind of couldn't really decide, but uh, I, I've panned it out to be a game time decision. Of, I think I'm going to say the, the Office for number 10. Okay. I, I'm not a guy who watches a lot of TV shows. I watched this show all the way through, and I really liked it. Um, obviously, it's a show just about – it's it's a mocky, mockumentary, I think is what they call it. Where yes. It's, like, it's, 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 it's meant to be seen as a documentary where you – where it – oh, they – office experience where they're just not the typical office is kind of how I would describe it. I'm sure most people in the world know what the office is and what it like kind of what it's about so I probably I won't say too much about it but uh there's just been there's a lot of inside jokes that come from it like inside as inside as those jokes can be from uh a show that gets millions of watchers but <laughs> you know I think that's an excellent point though to put that on your list because not only is that show like influential personally to us but like specifically with our generation like we like grew up watching that kind of show or like we got reintroduced to it like by watching Netflix and that was like one of the first shows that I started binge watching that so that was that was like the show in high school for us which is really weird to say in like when we were in high school but at this point uh, uh, it's been almost yeah. three years i i recall i recall like 
Yeah, it was big when you you all were there. It's still like big among them, but not quite as much, I think, because since it's not on Netflix, it's not as easily accessible to everybody that because not everybody has the other subscriptions. But I I would remember like people like, oh yeah, do you watch The Office? Oh, we just finished season one. I was like, man, yeah. Katie and I watched that thing when it was on. We'd watch it weekly live. Get out of here. <laughs> and then we um, went back when we had, I think it was when we had Joel we went back and we went through it all again over a summer. And that was, that was really enjoyable to, to get to do it again. So it is a very good show. I will say that I really like that kind of genre of that mockumentary. I will make a quick recommendation. I didn't make my list, but <laughs> what we do in the shadows, it is the same concept of like this mockumentary, but it's based around like the lives of vampires and oh. they kind of like do the same kind of bits mm-hmm. that the office does but yeah it's a little bit more edgy oh. and, and the, the the office but... i mean it was revolutionary as far as bringing that style because then you get yeah. parks and rec and you get all kinds of other things like the like that's what nbc put all their comedy towards after that for the most yeah. part um, they're kind of <laughs> like the... i feel like the office why it's probably not as popular anymore is because like like my like our generation kind of ruined it like we just like oh. started talking about it all the time and now yeah. people are like maybe um oh wait hold on one okay so we had a, a little technical difficulties i don't know how that's going to transfer over but let's get to my pick um my number 10 is a little different. Uh, it's kind of connected to Maggie's Colombo and the fact that there has to do with law enforcement. Uh, it's The Sopranos from HBO. So the reason why I picked The Sopranos, now this is a list of our most influential, not necessarily our, our best, although I, I love The Sopranos anyways, but that was the first one I can remember when I worked at Premiere Video. Oh, well, first of all, in case you don't know what The Sopranos is, it's a mob family, bang, bang, uh, Tony Soprano. Um, it, it's really a look into his fan, the family dynamics of this guy in New Jersey running a mob um, in the 2000s, early 2000s, late 90s. And I remember that one was the first one I really like binge watched, I guess, because I would, I was like, I got to watch this. I didn't have HBO then. And I worked at the store so I could bring whatever DVDs home. And I would bring home when we got the season, I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. And you'd bring home, I bring home the disc, three episodes on there. Boom. Next thing I'm done. I got, I go back to store. I bring the next two home. And then, so I, and I was like, that was the one that opened that. It was also kind of, I think really the first like adult drama that I really got into. Cause I never really got into adult dramas as far as TV shows until that one. And then that opened up a new world of, of, um, content for me i guess you could say so that's why i picked the sopranos as my number 10 have either of you seen that i have not but i know like i recognize it whenever there's like a bit about it in like a show or like Mm -hmm. they're trying to make a parody of it i know enough about the show to know like to recognize when that's happening yeah yeah i have not i have not watched it either but know the premise of it and i've yeah. i've heard a lot of good things about it 
it's it's good. I don't know if it holds up anymore because it yeah. has been 20 years. So maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not going to be as revolutionary now, but it was then. And I even watched a few years after it was really big. So um, I did catch the ending live. The last two seasons I subscribed to watch uh, as it ha- unfolded. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, I'm going to go with my number nine then to start us back around. Okay. This this one's a little different, and this one, two thousand October two thousand one is when this one came out. And I am going with "Pardon the Interruption" on ESPN PTI. Uh, it's it's a show that so it came out October twenty uh, two thousand one, and this was like the daily show I would watch every day when I got home from from school. From co- that was freshman in college when it came every single day at four thirty. I bam, turn that on, turn it on, turn it on, and I still not every day anymore, but I will still go back and 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 turn that on regularly, and it just really like changed the way that like the type of show I would listen to or watch with it being talk radio in a way on TV, and it actually started me listening to talk radio shows, which I think has led to listening to podcasts a lot and and i kind of attribute it to the way that they brought sports in a different uh different light so pti would be my number nine and, and I, the only thing i i've never heard of it but of, I, I didn't expect <laughs> alex alex might have but yeah alex why don't you weigh in heard of it I, I unfortunately have <laughs> never tuned in, <laughs> but well, sports I, I are a big part of my life. So, yeah, it's I been your whole it, life, basically. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of whenever I was a kid. My dad was a big Golf Channel fan, and there used to be a show that would come on in the afternoon. I think it was like a Tuesday or a Thursday called Faraday, and it was this like guy that had something to do with golf like he was a play, like a famous player so I didn't re- ever recognize him I just thought he was funny and he looked like my uncle and so I, the I don't show. know that one <laughs> but he like made jokes about like the players and I don't know okay. it was kind of All like right. a late night show but for golf yeah. which was kind of interesting didn't make my list okay Close, see, see so list. so so far like I knew your two shows in my two shows is just like, nope, <laughs> heard of it. Don't know. <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's, let's go. Alex, how about you for number nine? So for my number nine, I chose to show Arrested Development. Okay. Um, so this show is about a man named Michael Bliss, crazy family. Uh, his father gets sent to prison. He's got to run the family real estate business. It's a sitcom. Um, I think the show's pretty good. Uh, the real reason that it's so influential for me is that this is the first show that Maggie and I actually watched together whenever <laughs> we started dating. I, I and oh. so I maybe maybe I like the show a little bit better yeah. because of that, but I do really like the show. I think it's a well put together show. The last couple seasons it kind of fell off mm-hmm. a little bit, um, but. I think it's the last, the last season did fall off because it was, it was originally produced on a different network. And then whenever the show started gaining popularity, I think due to like binge watching, Mm -hmm. it got picked up by Netflix and then they tried to reboot it while the, the characters had already like aged quite a bit. 
and then it just kind of fell flat yeah. because they didn't still have like that I don't know that same energy yeah I I'm, I'm a that's one I I've I know of it I think I've watched an episode mm-hmm. or two but I never I don't know why but it just missed my radar it always had great positive reviews people I knew who watched it I just it never it never caught my my radar I guess for whatever so I missed that one but I've heard amazing things about it so it, it's an good pick show for sure yeah solid, I solid pick I I that is my honorable mention actually oh, okay but um I really like it I think it's very very clever writing that's what mm-hmm. I love about it it's like they will have a bit that goes on for so long and so long and if you're like watching them like in sequence you pick up on it but then if you watch them out of order you can still watch it it's yeah. kind of like a friends or something where you yeah. don't have to like watch every it's, episode it's not, and know what's happening it, that's kind of nice to have shows like that because everything is yeah. all uh, serial now it's nice to have where you don't have to watch every single episode to know what's going right. on so all right maggie what's your number nine so uh my number nine is i guess officially it's nathan for you this might be on alex's list is it on your list it is not. Okay. Na- <laughs> I know Nathan, we talked about it. Nathan for you. Yes. I have so no I'll idea what that is. synopsis of it. So writer, director, and comedian Nathan Fielder also has a business degree. He's a comedian, and he also has a business degree. And he combines that knowledge with his unusual life experiences to help struggling small business businesses boost their sales. However, Fielder's marketing campaigns for each business can be described as unorthodox to the point where there's no traditional sales consultant would ever attempt to do what he does. So basically, I think the best example of what he's done and probably the most iconic um, would be for one episode, there was a yogurt shop that was struggling and he was like, well, why don't you come up with like a new flavor? And so they like start talking about different flavors. And then he's like, we really need one that's like gonna grab attention. And he's like, what about a poop flavored ice cream <laughs> or like a frozen yogurt? And they're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And then he tries it and then it kind of goes, it kind of sell, like sells, but like they choose not to keep it because it's just so off the wall. Um, you might have heard of this happening, but this was actually documented on the show. Um, it was called, let me see, let me look it up on my computer. Are you talking about dumb Starbucks? Yes, dumb Starbucks. So in one episode he talks about, uh, there's like a cafe that's struggling and they're like, well, how far can we get this business to be like Starbucks without like having to get like legal, like, teams involved or whatever and so he found out that if you're parroting something that you can like get away with it and so he parodied Starbucks to the point where he was like this is like Starbucks but it's dumb and so I don't really know the details it's been a while since I watched the episode but like they basically just named everything dumb and then whatever the like item was at Starbucks and I think eventually it got shut down because of Starbucks, <laughs> but it was funny for a while and it made the news. I remember, even before I had watched the show or knew that it existed, I remember seeing that on the news. So I thought that was kind of interesting when I okay. watched it again. 
Is this a show that's on now or? No, when... it started in 2013. And oh, I think okay. it, it ended like in the 2000 teens. Okay, okay. It kind of has the same feeling as Curb Your Enthusiasm because it gets to the point of it's so unorthodox and awkward that you start to get like kind of queasy because <laughs> it's like he is so serious and like he's saying the most outlandish things and okay. the people like just have to take him seriously okay and so i don't know i i like that show okay <laughs> it's also one that me and alex started watching when we first dated oh oh I, th- <laughs> I thought it was an amazing show it it it's very funny i did make my list but i thought it was very hilarious and I think it's really interesting because there were multiple things within the show that made national news huh. uh, as legit. Like he staged um, a pig saving yes. a dog's life or something. Okay. And it made national news. And then he had to come out and be like, that was actually fake. <laughs> so it was, it was really funny. He made, like, That's impressive. the process of him making it. That's impressive. <laughs> he made a path like out of glass that the pig would just like push this dog to like land <laughs> like nobody could see the glass obviously and so that's what he had to say okay. but it's like i don't know it's just so clever i think some of the things that he thinks of and as somebody that is in marketing currently i think it's okay it hasn't inspired anything that i've done but it sure it makes me think all right um alex how about you do your number eight first all right my number eight was a throwback when I was a kid, SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, okay. Yeah. This show was my my generation's like that was your kid show that you watched all through like middle school and everything. And that's where we got all our jokes. And I'm not gonna lie to you, there at least once or twice, probably a day with whenever I'm with my friends, like something from SpongeBob will come up because we all watched it together. <laughs> well, like, we'll make some kind of stupid joke and laugh about it, reminisce about how we used to watch that show. And, you know, it's just, that's why it's so influ- influential for me. I'm sure most people know what SpongeBob SquarePants is about. A uh, very goofy yeah. show. But I, I get that. I have shows, you know, there's shows like that that you reference and that you, you, your friends, like everybody sees when you grow up. And so it stays with you throughout your life. And, and that's, that's what my boys are watching now they're eight and five and they're watching they watch spongebob and they love it and so it's it's cross and i can watch it and crack up at it so it's really it's it really a great really job well at like not making the parents miserable when yes. they're watching the show with their kids it's remember, always done a fantastic job yes, that the, the episode i remember that i, I just <clears throat> struck me and i i almost cried during laughter was the ah my leg <laughs> that, that, that guy's very funny why. he's a great reoccurring character but it just catches me off guard where he's just losing i'm just it, i i had to watch spongebob in a while and they were i walk in to watch it and that was where i picked up and i'm just cracking up and the boys start cracking up it was fantastic i loved the good pick good pick great pick um all right i'll go with my number eight my number eight is the amazing race so I love The Amazing Race, and it is one that I did not watch until 2013, the summer we had Noah. We, we had him in May, and we got 
two months for just like when you have a newborn, especially your first time, you're not really going anywhere. You're just kind of sitting around taking care of the baby that can't do anything. And so we stumbled upon on um, that the amazing race was there. I'm like, well, let's give it a shot. I, I want to see what's like they're traveling around the world. We went through like eight seasons over the course of that summer. And I was, and, and neither one of you had me freshman year. Uh, but that was when I decided to go with, I bet I could make this with my class. And I mm -hmm. made my amazing history race, which I do every year. I love it. And I think a lot of the students like it. Um, I've gotten good feedback about it before. And I've, I, it's led me to do similar things in other classes. And it just makes me really, really, really want to travel the world um, and see do and do these activities. I think it's, it's fantastic getting to, you get to learn a little bit about different cultures as you watch it as well. So, uh, and it's been a family show because Noah and Joel watch it with us now. Uh, we just got them watching the new season. And so it, it's, it's a cool family thing and definitely impacted my teaching even. So that's why that made my number eight, the amazing race. I really didn't even think to put like a game show mm -hmm. in my list, but that's like a really good point that like, that's a family event that, I mean, I know several game shows that my parents and I would like tune in for. And yeah. I know Alex and I went through a period where we watched like Jeopardy every day. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. Same. It's about, it's about who's, who's winning on there. If I, if I, if it keeps my attention or not, because <laughs> yeah. it's when those champions are on, it's like, Oh, I got to see who's what's going to happen. And I, yeah. Um, Maggie, what's your number eight? So my number eight came out in 2017 and it is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay. It is an Amazon Prime show. And I put it on my list because it was one of the first shows that I ever saw like an advertisement for like on social media that I like had to watch that like it, it interested me so much like the marketing for it inter interested me so much that I had to get Amazon Prime and then like watch mm -hmm. the show mm -hmm. so basically the show is set in the late 1950s and Miriam uh, Midge is what she's normally referred to Maisel has everything she ever wanted the perfect husband two kids and an elegant apartment on New York's Upper West Side her seemingly ideal life takes a surprising turn when she discovers a hidden talent that she didn't previously know she had, stand-up comedy. The revelation changes her life forever as she begins a journey that takes her from her comfortable life on the Upper West Side through the cafes and nightclubs of Gwinnett Village. And it was created by the same um, producer as Gilmore Girls as well but um I really I enjoyed the show I think it was really powerful for me at the time because I had just started college when I started watching this show and even though this was set in the 50s it was still kind of inspiring to see this story of a woman who spoiler alert skip a little bit if you don't want to hear this <laughs> but um she finds out that her husband is cheating on her and that she has to kind of pick up where this like divorce left off where she had to live with her parents and she makes a life out of comedy which I've always been interested in comedy not 
I never thought of myself as a stand-up comedian, but no. I've always been interested in it. <laughs> you know, I can crack a joke or two, <laughs> but maybe not an hour set. Um, but I, it really kind of inspired me at that time because um, just like kind of watching her through the show, like take ownership of her own life and not be defined, but what like society was telling her to be at that time, which is really important for me to see it at that stage right. of my life. So that's why I made it my number eight. All right. Uh, I have not seen it. I've heard things about it. Uh, it's. I think it has a new season coming. I've in. heard it's a good show. It's just, it just wasn't one that ever like piqued my attention. But so I, I also it, love the fashion. I respect so. it from what I've heard. I respect <laughs> it. I respect the show. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Same, same, same coming from here. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I will start the number sevens then this time. So these next few, I had a hard time ranking the order. And this is one that nobody watched it. Nobody saw it. it it's sad. It was on for four years from... <laughs> started in 99 i believe so that's the year i was born so it ends in 2002 i i think or 2003 somewhere in there um and i can i can watch these all the time but they're not streaming anywhere so can't find it but i have i recorded them like vhs recorded and got them onto some dvds afterwards because i i had to have the show um and it is ed and i knew it I <laughs> I told Alex before we started <laughs> that I was going to pick that one. It's so I didn't know the good. Spot, but I knew it was going to be on your list. It's it's because it's so good. So Ed, it's it's about a so Tom Cavanaugh plays Ed, and he he gets um, first episode lays it all out real quickly. He is cheated on by his wife. He, he misplaces a comma that costs his law firm in New York City millions of dollars. He gets fired. He goes home, finds his wife cheating on him with the mailman. But one of the running gags is it's not the mailman. It's just a mailman. It wasn't their mailman. But he ends up going back to a small town of Stuckeyville, Ohio, falls for his high school crush, who's there as an English teacher at the high school, played by Julie Bowen. Uh, so she goes on to much bigger things with Modern Family and, and others. Um, absolutely love that show. The characters are so quirky. They are so interesting and fun. It just is comfort food for my soul. But it, it was my friends who did watch it. It was like the lines we would remember, the camaraderie. I see what I would love to have my relationships with be like and friends and, and community be like. Um, him and his buddy, Mike, do $10 bets. We have done $10 bets every once in a while. It's just we never haven't been at a spot where we all have $10 to spare like that. <laughs> so, But it's just the humor, the humanity, the drama. I can just watch it anytime. And it has, and he was a bowling alley owning lawyer. And I wanted to be a bowling alley owner teacher because of that and I always had in my head that my bowling alley would be the place that the students would go and study after school and bowl <laughs> that's so sweet that's that's how that show influenced me um I do coach the bowling team now so it kind of happened Shout out. but there you go so have any of you even seen that I mean I don't know how you would have but it's I've so seen Mr. Ed 
Does that count? <laughs> no, it does With not. the horse? I've not seen Ed. I've only I, heard what you talked to me about it. Because you used to. I think uh, whenever you were watching it, or at least you like had been thinking about it or rewatching yeah. it, is whenever I was doing uh, AP Microeconomics, yes. you talked you talked my ear off about that show. <laughs> and I I thought it sounded really that. interesting. Like I you know it's like, so good. <laughs> if there was only a way to get it, but like it's it's one of those that licensing so and can other we have things a watch just party? Is, I you know what we need to we need to figure that Ed out. We need to party. do that. Yes, Ed we will figure party. out a, a way to do that. Um, all right, let's do uh, Maggie next because you're going to start our next round off. So give us your number seven, Maggie. Okay, so my number seven happened to come out last year, 2021, and it's Only Murderers in the Building. And I don't know if either of you have seen it. Probably not. But uh, I've seen bits. My wife loves that show. Okay, she's got good taste. <laughs> um, so basically... The show is, I'll read the premise here. Three yeah, don't, strangers. Don't give anything share. away. Don't give anything away. This is what, it's too new. This is what Google gives you. Okay. So, um, three strangers share an obsession with true crime and suddenly find themselves wrapped up in one. When a grisly death occurs inside their exclusive Upper West Side apartment building, the trio suspects murder and employs their precise knowledge of true crime to investigate the truth. Perhaps even more explosive are the lies they tell one another. Soon the endangered trio comes to realize a killer might be living among them as they race to decipher the mounting clues before it's too late. And so I won't spoil too much about the show, but basically this was another kind of show like um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel where I saw like ads for it that I just had to start watching it. And normally I hear about shows like through word of mouth, like my friend says, you should, you would like this show, but this is one that I discovered kind of on my own. And um, I was immediately attracted to watching this show because number one, Selena Gomez is in it and I love her, but also Steve Martin and Martin Short are some of my favorite comedians. And I kind of grew up watching a lot of Steve Martin's things Um his appearances on different things and he's always been like one of my favorite actors and I've always loved Martin Short too I think he's just hilarious so when I saw that like these three actors that I absolutely love that are so different that like you would never think to pair Steve Martin with like Selena Gomez but it just works uh -huh. and they play off of each other so well the comedy is good um, Nathan Lane's in it which he is kind of a well-known actor and mm -hmm. it's really good kind, he is well known he's, he's, kind, he's kind underground well maybe i guess i guess not as much so now but he's not been in as as prominent lately so yeah, I think very was, very good show i've seen bits he was timon wasn't he and the lion yes King? he was anyway, okay um, um very good show from what i've everything i've heard i've i've watched bits and pieces like when i'd get home and she'd have it on and, and it seemed pretty entertaining i've been told i need to watch it before season two uh so i can watch season two with her fun so. fact this is the sh uh, one show i think it's the only show i've ever done this with where i binge watched the entire show in one night oh wow i sat down and did not get up until the show was done <laughs> wow i was that attached to it that's, that's and impressive. that could be just because i love the actors and yeah. the writing was really well but 
I that's, definitely recommend okay. it. Okay. All right. Clearly, uh, I've heard great things from Maggie about this show, so that's my yeah. connection to it, but I've not seen any of it. Okay. Uh, Alex, what's your number seven? So my number seven is a show called Regular Show. Uh, it's a Cartoon Network show. Uh, same kind of deal with SpongeBob. Like, basically, the premise of the show is that there's this, uh, there's this blue jay named Mordecai and a raccoon named Rigby. Her groundskeepers at a park, but they're very lazy, and so they'll always do their job in the weirdest way possible. And so each episode is 11 minutes long, but there will be a crazy conflict that gets resolved with like that arises out of like something crazy. There'll be like a trash can monster or something. And then they'll like, they'll have to like beat it or whatever before the episode's over. It just an example, but anything can happen on this show. It does have a very vague plot that goes over the like show, but it's really a show meant to like watch an episode and like laugh at it because that's where a lot of like the current jokes that my my me and my friends have come from is regular show. We say we we reference a lot of funny the muscle stuff man the, voice. I will not do the muscle man voice <laughs> for the podcast. I can't. What if it comes I tried, out wrong, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> uh, I've got a pretty good one. You can come to me personally yeah. if you want to hear it. <laughs> you have to pay cameo. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that show. What was it on? What's it on? Is it like a YouTube? Is it, it an it's, internet it's, thing or? No, it's a Cartoon Network. Oh show. yeah, you said that. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's a cartoon. Okay. It, it's it's live short. Action. Eleven eleven minutes. That's eleven short. eleven minutes. You know, they usually air two back to back. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, like kind of how like how they did Wood with SpongeBob. Technically, SpongeBob's an eleven minutes. Oh, okay. Show. I see what you're saying. So it's like a thirty minute like block, but there's two yeah. individual but there's episodes two within one episodes show. That, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. We'll do like a commercial break between. Okay. Sounds odd like you, so it fits. Um, yeah. Right. Maggie, <laughs> you me. get us started with your number six. How about? Did you give me your number seven? Did I? Yeah, oh, yeah it was Ed. Did. Never mind. Sorry. I remember that. Now, it's, you, you've talked about favorite shows. Ed is one or two. Uh, okay. It's probably number two, but in Influential, I have it as number seven. So uh, go ahead with your number six then, Maggie. Uh, my number six is That Girl. It came in 19, out in 1966, so it's kind of old. Wow. Um, but um, I don't really think a lot of people have heard about it, especially like my age. But I remember, I think my grandmother found it at a Cracker Barrel, of course. And she like brought it home for me to watch. And I just fell in love with it. Um, it's about an aspiring actress named Anne-Marie who moves to New York and works at a series of temp jobs while she's waiting for her big break. And so she has this overprotective father who looks over her nervously. And she, even though she lives in a different city, he like drives this long way to like make sure that she's okay all the time. And um, she's focused on her career, but then she also has fallen for this magazine executive named Donald Hollinger. Um, and they become engaged basically throughout the show. And um, it's another show kind of like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel where even though this show is in the, 19, like the 1960s, it's progressive in a way that's like, she's living on her own. She has a boyfriend, but he's not like her entire world. She has other goals 
and ambitions. And it was really important for me to see that because um, it made me think about like what I wanted for my life that even though um, there will be difficulties that I can still power through it. And it was kind of like this show, I kind of was between this show and the Mary Tyler Moore show because mm-hmm. they have a similar um, like theme among them. But yeah. I kind of settled on that girl because I loved the fashion of that show. <laughs> oh, very cool. I've never heard of that show. Um, that that show. So that's really cool. It's kind of. I would Night- kind of describe it as like, kind of just goofy in a way. Yeah. It kind of gets corny. But then there's also this like nice message behind it. Okay. All right. So 1960s. Um, I I was, I I guess I'll go next. (laughs) So um, my number six, I'm going with another game show and it is The Price is Right. So I I had to go. You've heard of this. What do you mean you've heard? Maybe. (laughs) The the Price is Right. The reason why I'm going on there, I, I don't, I have not watched it much at all over the last few years I'll, when I'm home maybe turn it on every once in a while but that show with Bob Barker when I went to my grandparents like I'd go over there in the summers a lot of times like when my mom would go to work I, and they babysit me a lot of the days if there wasn't a summer camp or anything and whenever I was like sick um, that was my show at 10 o'clock I would watch it with my grandparents every day we loved it uh, when I was sick from school 10 o'clock would be the one time I would watch that show, uh, loved it again. And so that was the go-to. And, and there's so many iconic things that just, I don't know, the big wheel, Plinko, different act, different games, different activities. And it's like, that is the, I had to put that in there because it's also like, that's the game show that really launched me into other, enjoying other game shows with my grandparents, like uh, Pressure Luck, which is a fantastic one no whammy no whammy and um love that one so i had to put prices right in there because of that connection back to those days that i would spend in the mornings at my grandparents house and all the show times we would watch that is what is the idea that like you have this household item and you have to guess the retail price for it yes I can't believe you had to verify what the price is right. Is. I just wanted to make sure. This I know somebody that went so on. So sad. I w- know somebody that went on the show. Oh, well, that's cool. I know it from like SNL. Yeah, but I, too. you haven't watched it. That just blows my <laughs> mind. I'm sorry. Episode of it. Wow. Crazy. Um, I just remember the episode on like SNL where they did it where Bernie Sanders was played yeah. by Larry David. I like that. Okay. All right. All right. Um, our, I think we're good then for Alex to give us his number six. Okay. So my number six is The Good Place. It is, okay. I believe, a Netflix original. No. No? It was, no, yeah, it was, it was on, on show. It was, it was on, on NBC. It was on NBC. Yes. Uh, yep. Yes. <clears throat> That's on me. That's on me. I watched it on Netflix. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, like like a lot of you show. have caught these shows on that. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love the show. Um, it's basically the premise of the show is that um, 
four main characters enter the afterlife. And it's interesting. They enter the good place. <laughs> I, yeah, you can't I don't want to give away too. Yeah, because yeah, it's a very, very like interesting yeah. show. So like I can't say much. I would highly recommend this show though. I absolutely loved every mm-hmm. minute of it. Um, it's very influential for me just simply because it's one of my favorite shows. Like okay. uh it I've watched it with a lot of my friends and we all really like it. Uh, I've watched most of it with Maggie. Um, yeah. Uh, why don't you tell them what you did? <laughs> I Go ahead. we watched the first three seasons of the show before the last season came out. When the last season came out, she yeah. didn't say anything about it, so I rewatched the whole show with my buddy. And so I've watched the show twice. I loved it both times equally. That's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, See, he's got my back. I wanted to watch the rest of it. Oh, did he? Oh, wait, did he watch the last season without you? Yes. Oh, oh. Uh, watch I've been offering to watch it with you. You know, time. Alex, you're on your own on that one. He's <laughs> on the couch. You're, you're, you're on, on your the own. couch. You're on it was. Couch. It was. Let me say, that's why the show's so influential to me because it was worth it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will it. agree with Alex. It is a really good awesome. show. Um, I, I love it. It almost made my list too. But, okay. Um, uh, I wanted to let him talk about it, but I think that. One thing that it tackles really well is this, like, I think everybody, whether you're religious or not, thinks of, like, what's going to happen in the afterlife. And so it gives you kind of, like, an interesting look at that without getting too, like, existential and, like, freaking mm-hmm. people out. They, like, tow this really good line of comedy while also handling, like, these serious topics. Okay. Uh, yeah, I... I actually haven't seen the whole show. I first season mm-hmm. seen, and then I I don't know why I didn't come back for. Did Katie season. watch the rest of the show without you? No, no, we just did the first okay. season. Um, <laughs> well, but it's it's okay. So number uh, <laughs> Alex, go ahead and do number five as well. Okay, so my number five. This is a banger of a choice. Okay, <laughs> Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated, absolutely awesome show. <laughs> Nice. Let me tell you, I love Scooby-Doo. I, I am a huge Scooby-Doo fan. Okay. But this show knocks it out of the park. It's You finally get the Scooby-Doo show, like Scooby-Doo-like show, with an overarching plot. Like, you, fi- you finally get that. And it, it was absolutely incredible. I won't say too much because I everybody should watch it. It's only two seasons. It's a pretty short show, but it gets the job done. Very good show. Um, <clears throat> they still do their normal thing. But it starts off, it, it more starts off as them doing their normal thing, but slowly they, they obviously see that they like have a bigger role to play in bigger things. So it kind of starts moving into the plot more as you get later in the show. But yeah, one of my favorite shows ever. It, All right. Ab- absolutely awesome. All right. I didn't expect that. that nice. Nice. Good pick. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Which one was it again? Scooby-Doo? Mystery Incorporated is what it's called. Mystery. It's a really short show. It, is that, it's is that one on Netflix? Because I know they've got some. Yes, and we yes, watched some. I don't know if that was the one we. Maybe that is the one we watched with uh with Noah and Joel. That may be the one because we watched what's one. New of them. is also on there. Maybe that's the one it was. Maybe it's the What's New. Uh, I think it's the What's New one. But, yeah, because that one's more the typical Scooby Doo okay. style. Yeah, 
Shout well, maybe we'll have to check out the mystery next. Next, like we watched it around October because it was good, like Halloween theme. Oh yeah, type stuff, so it, it is a perfect Halloween show. Well, we'll sure. maybe when October comes around, we'll be able to hit that one up again. All right, um, me for my fifth, I'm going with my when growing up, my Saturday morning go to um, Say by the Bell. That was my number five. Because Say by the Bell with Zach and Slater and Kelly and Lisa and Screech and Mr. Belding, um, my Saturday mornings, I would watch that. And then it would be like other shows would be on afterwards because I don't know what it was like for you, but that was, you would get up, you couldn't just turn on your streaming thing. You had to watch whatever was on TV. And it was like Saturday morning. Yes, Saturday mornings. <laughs> Um, you know, cartoons and others, but it wasn't cartoons. I was, I was watching Say by the Bell. And then there'd be like Hang Time with Mr. Cooper. And then there was California Dreams, um, which is Say by the Bell, but a band on the beach. And so that one was fantastic as well. But Say by the Bell was the gateway to all of those. Um, that was also, I was not in high school when I'm watching those. So like, that was my vision of what high school was like whenever I'm watching those, I'm like thinking that's what high school must be like. <laughs> and then it, it wasn't, but, but it was like, um, it influenced me in that way. And it just like the characters. And I mean, I can recite plot points of so many episodes. You, you show me the first few minutes. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the episode that da, 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 happens. <laughs> um, and it's just like, I remember lessons that, from that show so i can't say it wasn't influential on me because it definitely was so say by the bell is my number five is this the show now correct me if i'm wrong that you say there's a teacher in it that you nope want not to... it come okay. back come back that that'll okay. don't worry that'll okay. hit yeah awesome <laughs> that one's that one's the... my number one so we'll come back to that oh, one later i don't even know the name of the show so we're good i think i remember it yeah well, everybody should, everybody <laughs> should know it uh, yeah. everybody it's so good but anyways okay uh, maggie what's your number five? Oh, i just remember the name of the show okay, okay. Never mind. sorry <laughs> oh it's a bit too okay okay mine i am so excited to talk about this show um i probably should have put it higher up but i didn't it is fraggle rock oh i remember by, that uh made by Jim Henson, who created the Muppets. Yep. Uh, it came out in 1983, and I have a lot of information, and I'll that try to keep That was the year I was born, by the way. <laughs> nice! Um, so, the show basically, I'm going to try to wrap this synopsis up really quick. It's it's Muppets so, in a cave. Yes. There you go. Playing music. Yep. <laughs> there. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. So, basically, it carries... <laughs> It's about these characters named the Fraggles, and there's Gobo, Moki, Red, Wembley, and Boober Fraggle. And then, um, one the, the beginning of the show, um, Boober Fraggles. Um, yeah, no, hold on, I can't remember which one it is. It's Gobo <laughs> Fraggles, um, Uncle, who's named Uncle Traveling Matt which is kind of a joke because a traveling mat is a technique used in television and film to insert a foreground object into a pre-recorded background image, which was used all the time in The Muppet Show and Fraggle Rock. Um, so that's kind of like a kind of breaking the fourth wall kind of joke that The Muppets do frequently. Mm -hmm. um, the show is basically about teaching 
friendship and these ideas of cooperation with one another and problem solving using all these different species of Muppets. Um, it's like a super smoothing and tranquil show. Um, you have the Fraggles, you also have the Doozers that are like industrious and they have this idea of working hard all the time. Um, and then you have these kind of bigger characters that are kind of clumsy named the Gorgs and they all come together to problem solve and eventually come to understand one another. And Jim Henson's original idea for this show was he was like, they were coming off of this high from the Muppet show. And they were like, well, we need to make a show that ends all war. And that was the plot of this show. He said, that's what I want the show to do. And what's interesting is he made a segment that would be called, um, a, it's called, hold on, let me look it up here. I wrote it down. So you have these wraparound segments or home bases, as he used to call them, that there's a, these two human characters or a human character and he has a dog that's also a Muppet. And they um, basically like talk to their neighbor and stuff like that. But those segments that were done by humans could be replicated by each country's own stations that would produce this show. And so France, UK, and Germany took them up on the offer and made different characters. They renamed Doc and Sprocket and made their own like Muppet or whatever to make it more tailored to that country. Um, so in France, for example, um, the dog's name was Croquette and the um, Doc's character was a baker. So that's kind of cool. cute. Um, so basically that. to wrap this up real quick, um, it challenged kids to also think about heavier topics, not just the ABCs, which Sesame Street was already doing, um, but they started thinking about existence and what friendship means. And this might be interesting to you, Mr. Houston, but okay. he said at the beginning that he wanted the show to end all war. And then in 1989, the Soviet Union aired an episode of Fraggle Rock. There was immediate success whenever they showed it, and it was the first Western series to air on Soviet television. And over six months later, the Berlin Wall fell. It's a coincidence, but still. Yeah, well, we can <laughs> we can test it again by putting on the air in Russia right now and see if it can yeah. serve its purpose again. Let's try. Be, yeah, let's let's put it on uh, like they need to rewatch this. They They've do. forgotten. They obviously um, did. Just put and it I just on. And, to give, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was like, just important. put it on in, in Putin's bedroom and maybe he'll have an epiphany. <laughs> You're going like, to listen to this. Oh, Sprocket. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I want to shout out Defunct Land, which is a YouTube channel that did a series on the okay. show. So cool. just where I got some of the information. I, I do remember that show. I don't remember like. Of many of the details of it or anything but i do remember watching and enjoying the show it's just i was so low i don't remember mm. anything about it specifically other than i enjoyed of, it yeah i think that's kind of the beauty of that kind of show because yeah. not only can kids enjoy it just because oh it's like a muppet or whatever and they're kind of mm -hmm. goofy but like also adults will pick up on these heavy themes and they'll be mm -hmm. like well they're wording this well for like my child to consume and so then i don't know it okay. kind of sets up a good baseline moral okay uh, all right yeah good pick 
and that that whole like uh child and, and like family watching things leads me to my number four so i kind of cheated on number four i guess i, I put an out well i guess i put an honorable mention in here because i couldn't decide between two so both of these shows are ones that in middle school and high school i would watch every week and i almost always would be what would watch them with my mom they were uh, one was on during the week like i think it was on tuesdays and the other one was on friday during tgif and my mom would always watch them with me as well and then we watched reruns like on when they were syndicated like as before dinner stuff like that when we were home from school and work so i put these both in here because both of them taught like family values and lessons that i appealed appealed to me and because they were shows I could watch with my mom and we would laugh at and we could just both enjoy. So I couldn't decide which one to go. So I just lumped them both together. And that would be Home Improvement, which Tim Allen, that's where okay. he gets his major break. And he's just the man's man, like what construction, but he bumbles his way through everything. And his, his co-host on the, the TV show Tool Time, Al, you know, great it like show a different type of, of guy who's handy as well and the, the family dynamics it, it was just very enjoyable and my mom and I loved that show and then the other one was family matters which is where Steve okay. Urkel comes from and mm -hmm. that one was just again and that one I could relate to more through they were about more with the kids but the family and everything and I like that one because it was also a black family um which mm -hmm. I kind of like that I didn't think about that when I was watching it. I mean, right. I realized it later, but I was like, I guess it's a good thing that I didn't really think about it. And I was absorbing it without mm -hmm. paying attention to that. So maybe that's a good thing. Um, but those both because of the connection watching with my mom and the, I know I learned a lot of lessons and I would like rewatch those and uh, really was like, that's, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good lesson. I need to remember that and do that. So mm -hmm. that's why I picked those two. I couldn't choose. So I just lumped them both in there. Mm -hmm. They were on at the same time, different day of the week. And yeah, so do you, either of you know watch, or watched any of those? I've always wanted to watch Family Matters. It's on because, Hulu. Okay, I'll have to remember that. It, but, no, wait, wait. Uh, no, HBO Max now, I think. I don't know if it's on Hulu okay. anymore. It's HBO Max because I watched a uh, Christmas episode um, around Christmas time because you could just like it just was on like, hey, these are shows with episodes of Christmas. I'm like, oh, Family Matters. Let's try it. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> so. have, have any of these shows that you mentioned so far been ones that you like shared with your kids? Um, Besides, I think you mentioned one that you definitely have. But uh, I know like The Amazing Race and right. price is right i've turned on at times but the kids the boys have never cared <laughs> when it's been I on i tried if like family matters would be a show that like they would we, begin to step into we, we started to but the problem is what i was starting with the first season and the first mm -hmm. season urkel's not in it very much and it okay. feels and it feels more dated i feel like i need to start in like season three or four when yeah when urkel plays more prominent because he's the laugh out loud character and right. it feels a little more up to date. So I, I think if I skipped ahead a few seasons, they they didn't start enjoying that a little bit more. So mm -hmm. slapstick okay. comedy is their thing. Yeah, well, of course, heard <laughs> great things about both shows, but no, I've I've never actually watched either of them. I 
don't know. Just never been on my radar. Well, home I mean, they I were before your expect. time too. Oh yeah, I loved. I loved Home Improvement. Loved it. I remember watching that when I was younger. But... So so good. It was just like I remember just watching them with my mom, and that was just you know. I guess I didn't realize it, and I took it take that for granted. But I looking back, I like yeah, that was that was kind of a nice thing to have like a weekly sit down and watch. Even as I got into high school, we would do that. So yeah. that's a cool. I thing. I kind of have a show like that with my dad. Like we watched okay. The King of Queens. Oh, okay. That's kind of like a show that my dad will like quote different things in the show and talk about the characters like we know them personally. Mm-hmm. And I'll like listen by like their first name and be like, remember when they did that? I was like, we don't know them personally. <laughs> like these are made up characters. Yeah. But I All don't right. know. All right, Maggie, you give us your number four. <clears throat> um, so my number four came out in 2011. Um, it's called Portlandia. And it is starring former Saturday Night Live cast member Fred Armisen and his and rock and roll guitarist Carrie Brownstein. Um, so basically, what the show is is it kind of feels like if SNL took place in Portland <laughs> and they didn't have somebody that was like cutting all of the like skits that they would do they've kind of like made it to where they have the most like niche kind of audience that's like even if you don't live in Portland you kind of know the air that like Portland has of like this kind of like eccentric town and so they just like hit that right on the head like with the show and make like point like the show out and like make jokes about it and so the show's premise is basically there's a very very loose plot but it's more just about showing the different types of people in Portland and they'll just kind of make jokes about it. Um, So the show is made up of different skits that like occasionally they will run together and the characters will interlap, but most of the time they're kind of like standalone skits that have just kind of been put all together. And I picked it because it was the first show that I had watched like that that was made completely up of these skits that felt like, an SNL show, but not SNL. Um, but I started watching it in college and it was one of the first shows that I watched um, on Netflix and kind of watched by myself, which was kind of special for me that like I wasn't watching it with somebody else like I would kind of The Office. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I think that Fred Armisen's one of the funniest people alive. So I just really loved this like kind of internet sketch comedy that they like came up with because it kind of combined my love for YouTube and my love for like comedy and like as a stand-up. So I don't know. Cool. It was really interesting. I loved yeah. it. I, I've heard of it. Never I've never seen it. So I, it I don't is know. Very but that's odd. That's uh that's cool. You're same here. Same here. I haven't heard a whole lot about it. Or well yeah. I've heard a, I haven't I don't know much about it. I've heard about it. So yeah. it sounds like a cool show. Well, I've never. One of my favorite if it's, episodes. If it's influenced Maggie's stand-up comedy, I would recommend we don't watch it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would say one of the best episodes is one of the characters in the show. That's a reoccurring character. Um, comes up with this idea that, like Matt Groening, who created The Simpsons, stole the character of Bart from him, and so they go to court to like try to like 
uh, get that back because this character has started printing Bart on t-shirts and like Matt Groening like sues him but I don't know it's a really like funny idea and like I don't know okay I like that they had fun with it and Matt Groening starred and I love the Simpsons so it was kind of a cool episode there you go all right Alex what's your number four my number four this was a show that was always on my television whether i wanted it to be or not uh (laughs) friends this show played constantly when i was growing up it it was full house which is one of my honorable mentions i graduated from full house to friends uh, (laughs) after a little while that's how i like to put it uh so i actually I personally really like the show Friends. I've, I've watched it too many times. I've probably watched the whole series nine times. Wow. Uh, just, just from it being on and me watching it on Netflix, it's the only show that I like. As like a kid, when I first got Netflix, or the ability to Netflix, net, watch Netflix, I watched it on my dad's iPad. I mm-hmm. would watch the show Friends because it's the only thing I knew to look for on there. So <laughs> I just, I watched the series over and over again. And, but it's one of my parents, like, you know, it's a show they grew up watching. It is uh, always on in the Chandler household. <laughs> really? It's always Every on TV. the Chandler household. Gonna, I'll, quiz, I'll quiz Drew about it tomorrow. I'll quiz Drew about some episodes. I think Drew tries not to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> he walks through the house like this. Like, eyes I, closed. I like it personally. Um, I see why some people crit- critique it, but I, I do like it. I, I enjoy the show. All right. But yeah, uh, influential because it was always on. Yeah, that, uh, I can I can get that. My I, parents, I, I've never there. watched. I've I've barely watched episodes of Friends. I've seen like <laughs> really? just episodes here and there, um, but I've never watched like several of them in a row. It was just like, hey, today I ended up catching an episode. Months later, I caught another episode. Yeah. Just kind of randomly and, here and, and there. And that's what's nice so. about the show is that you can do that and be like, yeah. all right. Like, that was still pretty And you good. can enjoy it without having to yeah. see every And And this on. is, like, it's, you know, it's influential since that, like, you know, I talk about the jokes that I make with, like, my friend groups and stuff. These are the jokes I make with my parents. Like, we, right. this is this is our shared humor of, like, friends quotes and things yeah. that happened in the show. My all mom right. always brings it up. It, like, Maggie <laughs> says, King of Queens. <laughs> my yeah. first name, like, remember with Monica? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I... I remember before Alex and I dated, I think one of the only things I knew about him was that he liked friends. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to date that guy because I also like friends. <laughs> wow. Such such high standards. Just kidding. That's not it. But uh, that's all I needed. It was definitely in his favor. Okay. Uh, well, Maggie, uh, give us your number three. So this is kind of ironic that this happened like this, but my number three is Seinfeld, which is widely known as like friends competitor kind of because they happened around the same time i thought no um, seinfeld that's was what i've before, always heard seinfeld was before friends because they were both on nbc and oh, okay. friends was like i like was it right after after seinfeld i think okay. that that I elevated it because they I was like they, what are you like, gonna fill it in? no went together at one point but no they did not they did not anyway continue. my bad not Scratch that, that for the record so okay but in circles that like on the internet they pit the two shows against one another i could see that. um so that's why i was getting that from okay but basically the show is about jerry seinfeld the like the comedian um 
not really a fan no. of the guy. It's but it's it, literally the show about nothing. That's what it they is. say. It's a show about nothing. So um, you have to say what's about. <laughs> but the reason I picked this show was because um I remember it kind of like Alex. It was always on in my house growing up. Um my whole family loves this show. Um my uncles will like all get together and they'll be like remember this episode whenever like Elaine did this or George did this and I always really liked the character of George Costanza which is basically Larry David <laughs> he's like put himself into this character um I just think that he's just so like cynical about things and I just like love his takes because they're just so off base <laughs> I just think that it's like it's a show that's definitely iconic, but um, I liked in that I showed you this podcast that we're doing here, and they talked about this show. This was actually their number one, Rhett and Link's number one, um, and they talked about how it was interesting for them growing up that um, they showed these four single friends, like they weren't married, they didn't have any kids, that wasn't their goal in life. It was just like hanging out with one another or just talking about the absurdities of everyday life so I don't know I really enjoyed the show growing up there are some episodes that do not hold up at all that I don't recommend but it regardless is a big part of my life and I make reference to it all the time big part Um, of, of a lot of people's lives yes so I um yeah I just really like the show and that's why I picked it as my number three I think that it's just it combines that nostalgia as well as Mm -hmm. it is good comedy like it's you can watch this show and not know anything about the characters but you learn quite quickly that none of them are good there's not (laughs) not really a character that you root for as a good person they're all just equally kind of awful (laughs) and I don't know there's kind of like a beauty in that and like there's a relaxation because you're like not really stressing about these characters you're just like well mm-hmm. whatever happens happens <laughs> uh good pick I, I know that one had an influence I, I I didn't I wasn't a big fan of the show but I can tell you like you know there's scenes or there's episodes that mm-hmm. I even am aware of or know and stand out like the Pez dispenser or, yeah, or like, like the, the soup Nazi um, yes like those, that's those a big one. yeah there's things that just have transcended whether you're a fan of the show or not so right. uh, alex what's your number three my number three is a little bit more recent than the ones the sitcoms we've been talking about uh i absolutely love the show new girl um uh, i actually show. stayed up last night and finished it um <laughs> uh, in time for this <laughs> podcast so i could Determine what place it'd be on this list. Oh, okay. Uh, so I I really like it. It had a great ending. Um, it's it's a show about a bunch of people who are a mess. Quite frankly, every one of them have their like their their stuff going on, uh, but they all get together in this apartment. Obviously, and the premise of New Girl is that there are three guys living in an apartment. They post a Craigslist ad. Uh, one of the guys writes it in such a way that this girl thinks that a, a girl wrote it about three girls being in an apartment. So she shows up and pretty much takes the Craigslist ad and is going to move in with them and then sees the three guys 
and it still happens. So it's a show about that. Um, they're all a mess. It's a really good, like, feel good show. It's a very funny show. Um, but it's got a really great plot too. Yeah. Like, it's got it's. It feels a little bit more plot centric than like a Friends or even like we, Seinfeld. I'm sure. Um, yeah, we watched that when it was when it was on the last. Well, I, th- I think we watched four seasons of it or so when it was on, and we we really enjoyed that. Zoe Deschanel is so great in it. Yeah, um, I love she, her. Fantastic. She's great. Uh, That's right. actually one of my other favorite shows. Yeah. I didn't put it on the list, but. It definitely is one of those feel-good shows that you don't have to know what's going on in every episode, but uh-huh. you just uh, love the characters. All right. here. Okay, so my number three. Now, remember, these aren't favorite shows. These are influential shows. So <laughs> Now, granted, when I watched this, this was my favorite. I've watched it every week. <laughs> my number three is Monday Night Raw uh wwfs are now wwe's monday night raw (laughs) and the the reason being (laughs) is because that was like when it came out i guess in middle school around six years like i watched it but then i drifted off didn't pay attention then when eighth grade comes around through high school every monday night i would be watching that and then i'd be watching our monday night nitro if one or the others but raw is what was the the starting every week i'd be watching it my friends would be watching it that was like i would get on the internet to try to be like smart about what's going to happen and that was like consume us we would talk about it at school the catchphrases that came out of watching wrestling from the rock from stone cold steve austin from Mick Foley, my my Xbox Live gamer tag, Chris Kind, is an homage to Mick Foley in Mankind. Um, as I think at least one of you or so have seen, you saw yes. that when we did our pay-per-views, Houston Championship Wrestling, HCW, that, that <laughs> tape recording is out there. Um, it, this this show eventually led to me and my friends going to San Diego after freshman year to watch a pay-per-view event. Um, and then senior year, I went to Houston, Texas on spring break to watch WrestleMania. So, I mean, it's it had a huge influence on me, humongous influence um, in my high school. And it brought my friends together every week. It, we weren't necessarily watching it together every week, but then we would watch the pay-per-views we, every month and we would talk about it all the time. So I could not leave Monday Night Raw off the list. So had to put it on. The there. name kind of scared me, but we're good. <laughs> now it's wrestling. Okay. <laughs> Professional good. wrestling, not like, you know, the wrestling, the mom and dad okay. says the kid, okay. like, oh, we were wrestling. <laughs> that, that's what I thought of. I was like, right. okay. I can good. say I haven't, I can say that I haven't heard much about the monday night raw um, <laughs> um, hasn't really come up um, oh man wrestling i'm sure it's great i'm sure it's great though oh i think it sucks now um every oh, time okay. like I, because every okay. once in a while i'll turn it on for five minutes just to see if i recognize anybody i'm like this is just nope never mind <laughs> i'm done <laughs> um it was it was a moment in time for me it was that four years moment in time uh, okay, Alex, let's start with you for number two. So my number two show, absolutely love the show. I've watched it twice. It's 15 seasons long. Uh-oh. 
uh, <laughs> the Simpsons. <laughs> it, no, it is supernatural. I wow. love this show. And those are like hour long episodes. Yep. Yes. I've watched it twice. Uh, I watched it once on my own and then I finished it with my dad who also loves the show. Wow. And mm-hmm. I watched it again with one of my buddies so that he could finish the show. Uh, Ironically, I, the same one that watched The Good Place, but <laughs> Look, I don't think you know much about the show. I, I think here's, here's how I like to describe the show. It, it, I love the show because it shows real human reactions to like the unthinkable. Obviously, these like creatures that they're fighting and like hunting or whatever, not real, but it really got me into the horror uh, genre. It's, it's a horror drama is what it's considered. Um, so there's a great overarching plot, but, you know, it, it involves horror. Um, and the thing is, is that, like, you watch the show and you're like, well, that's how I'd react, too. Obviously, I wouldn't be able to hunt those things or whatever, but that's how I'd react, too. And I've spent so long, so much time watching this show. I, I've added up the, the totals. At some, I've probably spent over a month of my life watching this show, like, just in terms of pure time. <laughs> Yeah, um, I it's just something that I really like. It it's influenced the video games I play now. I play horror video games all the time. I still yeah. don't watch horror movies too much, mm-hmm. but I, I that's all I want to play is horror video games. I absolutely love them. Because and I think they're show. great huh. because of the, I think the show did it for me. That's cool. Uh, I had some before you were even there. I had some students that they were really big in Supernatural as well. So I'm, I'm familiar with, with that one. I was uh, a little late to getting onto the train. You, but you, I, but you I, have I only, jumped on that train and ridden it. Yeah, I, I, only, <laughs> sure I, only, has. I only caught season 14 and 15 live oh, on okay, it. Okay. So, yeah, I was a little late. <laughs> I remember that. Those wow. were some daunting times. <laughs> All right, uh, Maggie, what's your number two? So my number two is The Nanny that came out in oh. 1993. <sighs> Well, what? Oh, I, what? Fr- I'm already hearing Fran Drescher's voice in my head, and I just can't. Okay. It's a great show. I love the show. It, yeah, it's a fine show, but her voice, and no, I just, oh. Okay. Well, for those who don't know, or if you haven't seen the iconic beginning of the show, the like, intro sequence, um, so when Fran... When Fran Fine appears at the doorstep of wealthy widower Maxwell Sheffield's New York home, um, she unexpectedly gets a job as a nanny for the Broadway producer's three children, Maggie, Brighton, and Grace. Uh, Fran brings her no-nonsense honesty, sharp sense of humor, and queen's logic into the Sheffield household, helping them become a happy, healthy family. Um, So... I chose this show because I watched it as a kid. Another show that my grandmother introduced me to. I don't really think that she ever watched the show, but saw the cover and was like, this looks interesting. And then she just handed it to me. Um, I also would catch it on at night as well, like on Nickelodeon or wherever they played it. Um, but I picked it because uh, a lot of these shows, I've kind of mentioned this, but this show really shaped my fashion sense. I feel like because I think that Fran's outfits in these shows are like so outrageous that I'm like but they're still put together and that's kind of what I like because um, as an artist I really like all the bright colors but I want it to look 
not sloppy when I put it on. So they, the costume designer did a wonderful job of dressing her to look where she's put together, but also has her own little style. Um, I like that the show's campy and that they break the fourth wall all the time, that obviously like this woman that's working a job as a nanny, she could not afford these name brand styles that she's wearing that are like directly off the runway. Like there's no way that she would be able to afford that on her salary. But um, I think it's also interesting that the costuming of the show played such a huge part on like how they design the setup and the like setting of the plot. So in all of the different rooms in the home, they're all done with these muted colors in order to make her stand out because she's supposed to be like this direct opposite of what the family is. Um, that she's just like, has that like sharp sense and everything and that humor about her. And that they're making kind of a joke about her, like uh, the outfits that she's wearing, but she still has like this confidence about her. And it's just another one of those shows that like, I just love the character of Fran. I think that she's this wonderful, confident woman that I want to be more like. I also love Fran Drescher. Um, she is an incredible woman. It's done so much for the LGBTQ community. I just, I just adore her and everything that she stands for. Um, so I just had to put that cool. on there because I had to honor her. <laughs> nice, nice. She, yeah, so her voice it's a might fine be annoying, show. It's a fine but... show. It's just that I just remember that was, but that's what she, it was her trademark. So. Right. She, uh, I love the show whenever I watched it with her. So. Yeah, it's it's a fine show. It's a fine I show. I think also it's she has also beat cancer, which is really mm -hmm. awesome. And so she's wrote a book about that and how some other she's had a lot of tragedy in her life, unfortunately, yeah. but she has never um wanted people to pity her for that and she's instead used that to make herself better and to make the lives of others better around her and cool. i just really look up to her as a person so i had to put the nanny on my there list you go. very cool i also watch it every night before i go to bed oh it's really a comfort show but, oh that's cool and i um, wanted to shout out oh sorry no go <laughs> ahead thing. i want to <laughs> shout out my source uh, it's mina lee on youtube she has a video about the fashion that i yeah. referenced a lot in this show or this podcast my okay. um and just go follow her because she's an amazing youtuber okay anyway. uh all right my number two again probably not gonna see this coming not the type of show you were thinking my number two is sports center uh because the and alex i know you you, you like sports but like you get your you've always grown up in an era where you can get your sports news and information just at your fingertips internet anytime you want and so it's different and sports center is not as relevant for your generation but man that was every morning when i'd get up at six turn on sports center while i'm eating breakfast getting ready for school see the highlights because you you, you didn't couldn't just pull up the highlights anytime you wanted of things you that was watching the highlights did so and so hit a home run did so, -and so you know who won did, what are the standings you know you got that in the newspaper and that was so revolutionary um, that's how me and my friends got the information, got the sports highlights and saw those. And it's because like the catchphrases, uh, like Stuart Scott, Dan Patrick, Craig Kilborn, all these great Chris Berman, all these great things they would create so many catchphrases that we would use, uh, whether we were, as we were playing sports or just in general, um, playing different games and doing different things. So 
just so much with what that was so centered to our lives in middle school and high school that I had to, again, put sports center on there because it was just changed. The, that was how I got sports. And now it's so weird because I never turn sports center on ever anymore because I don't need yeah. to. It's so, it's kind of sad at the same time. Cause that was just, I remember baseball tonight, which is kind of like a version of that, but for baseball nine o'clock every night in the summers, I turned that on to see the highlights who hit the home runs uh, to see if I needed to make any fantasy trades. Um, Cause I distinctly remember trading Todd Sotomayor away when he went down for six weeks and my buddy hadn't watched baseball tonight, accepted the <laughs> trade <laughs> and I, I passed him off to him. So it was like, ching. Yeah, I would have even I wouldn't have even thought to put sports in on here, yeah. but I did. Like, you know, there was a bit of time before like I had all the apps and everything that I would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I've got like the NBA app, the MLB app, all these apps I could just yeah. look on for stats, I'm like it's obsolete. I've never I don't I never think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um but like yeah, like I really should just like NBA basketball has been huge for me, college basketball has been huge for me. Yeah. Um I should, you know, like I, you know, shout out to like things that streamed basketball because yeah. I watched well, a lot of basketball. It, and like I almost put like, you know, Monday Night Football or um, College Game Day or something like that. Like those are kind of the same thing. Like that, my friends would we would come around watching those things and stuff together and talk about those things. But Sports Center enca- encapsulates all of them and was the founder. So, so I know Maggie was a big fan of Sports Center as well. Uh, <laughs> I noticed we're not mentioning Faraday. That's really, I think, what we should be talking about with the Golf Channel. I think, I don't know. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, All right. So our number ones, we are going to start with Maggie. What's your number one? Okay. Well, we're going to be here for a second. (laughs) Okay. So that's an interesting one. So now we'll move on. (laughs) So. Well, do keep in uh, mind, it is a school night for me. (laughs) <laughs> okay i i will try to speed it up okay so i'm really excited to talk about this because my number one pick is the muppet show of, a lot of, of people course. probably yeah. saw that coming um i don't ever shut up about the muppets i try to mention them all the time even in the last podcast you've I done it on in. every podcast you've been on here you've <laughs> mentioned it. okay well we saw it coming but Obviously, everybody knows what the show's about. The Muppets putting on a vaudeville show. Um, the show was, oddly enough, filmed in England because um, none of the networks really wanted to pick it up in America. And so they had to broadcast it in England. And then whenever it gained traction, it was brought back to America. They still always shot it in England, but they would send the tapes over. Um, they realized... And earlier, they've had other kind of Muppet shows before this one, but it was more of like kind of a movie kind of length, but it wasn't a movie. It was obviously they were trying to put on some kind of show. And they realized when they weren't doing it with real people involved, it kind of went off the hinges (laughs) that it was just too unhinged that people were just like, what is this? Like, we don't know what it is because we don't know if it's for kids or for adults. And so... They needed a human or a guest to host the show every week. Um, So they would pick all these different celebrities. And eventually, as the show picked up after, um, 
um, a while, they had guests that were kind of like fighting to get on the show because Jim Henson allowed the guests to choose what they wanted to do. Even if they were singers, they didn't make them sing. If they wanted to dance or act or do comedy, they would let them do that instead, or at least make a segment where they got to do exactly what they wanted and to have fun with that. And so people heard about that, celebrities heard about that and wanted to participate in the show because of that. Um, I think that the reason that I love The Muppets so much is because whenever I was really little, oddly enough, I was terrified of Kermit. I've always been terrified of frogs, but I was terrified of Kermit. And my mom had this like huge kind of like stuffed animal doll of Kermit up in my room that was like looking down at me from the shelf and it scarred me for like as a child. And so I remember one day I was on the internet and I was on like disneychannel.com or whatever. And they had like this little advertisement for the Muppets because I guess they were doing this internet series to try to get traction before the movie came out, which was several years after that. But um, the one with the guy from How I Met Your Mother, I forgot what his name was. Um, but they, I remember finally getting the courage up to like watch the videos that were on those because I was terrified. And then it turned out to be my favorite thing ever. And so it kind of taught me to kind of face your fears and not let my anxiety get a hold of me because something great could come out of it. So um, that's why I picked that. I think that they're great characters that have been developed really well. I'm not sure if I'm liking how Disney is taking them. I think they're a little bit too sweet. I agree with Frank Oz. Um, but I think that they kind of need to have this conflict because they all have like these insecurities that like bother them. And I think that's why people love them so much because even though they're not human, they kind of are. They're gotcha. representing something that can be seen through it. So that's why I picked them. Nice. Uh, and Jason Siegel is, I think, the, yeah, who you're talking it. about. Um, that's a really good movie, but yeah. I forgot his name. Sorry, yeah, I'm Jason Siegel. I'm not. I'm. Sure I'm not surprised. Nice. Yeah, I know. I'm not surprised that that was your number one at all. That movie, uh, Man or a Muppet. I think it won a Grammy, I think. Okay. Or something. Cool. It won like a really good award. So All right. Very cool. Uh, Alex, what's your number one? So my number one is obviously my favorite show ever. Uh, it is Steven Universe slash Steven Universe Future. I absolutely love this show. What the heck I is that? <laughs> so it is a Cartoon Network show. Come on. That was yes. written by one of the people who wrote, uh, helped write Adventure Time. Uh, so the, the reason that I love uh, Steven Universe as much as I do is that it is, you know, it has fun episodes, very interesting, likable characters, and it has this really compelling plot that develops slowly over the course of the series. It is five, six uh, seasons, if you're counting uh, Steven Universe Future, which is technically a separate show that was ran for one season to wrap everything up after the movie in between. But um, the thing is, is that it, you know, you're when you're watching the show, it's very entertaining, but you're also being like taught like the importance of love and acceptance and like family and friends, like those relationships. It's a very diverse cast of like people that they put into this. It's a cartoon. They've done. They've 
they have a very diverse cast and as well as like teaching you like you know i think it's great for kids this is why i'm explaining why it's great for kids mm-hmm. and also even just an adult watcher is that it also teaches you like self-love and self-care like that like while it is important you know obviously it is important to accept everybody and be kind to everybody you need to also do that to yourself but the show's plot is just also awesome it's got some of the best characters that i've ever watched in a tv show they each are very um they each are very deep they all have their own trauma that they that comes up throughout the show and it helps you know it really helps people who like may have trauma or may like have anxiety or may you know be suffering with depression Mm -hmm. that like you know like you you have this representation within a show then that and it's like really one of the first times that like you see that in a in a, a TV cartoon that's you know meant for kids and adults sort of like the way that like SpongeBob is you know like you know an adult sits down and watches it they're gonna really enjoy the the plot of it and also like what's being said as well as like a kid you know it's very entertaining. Um, I would one hundred percent recommend this show to anybody. It's actually it actually has a hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow um and it's it's one of those shows that will it leaves you in a feel-good mood um and there's just there's a lot of lessons to be learned honestly i think watching the show like i can legitimately say i think i i think of myself as a better person you should watch it more often (laughs) (laughs) i totally agree with alex's assessment he has made me watch this well not really make i wanted to watch it but it's it is so good at giving it was so refreshing to see a children's show that talked about issues that other shows were not like they have a lot of lgbtq characters on the show it's just like and they're not they just say it and they don't make it a plot point which i love and i think a lot of shows they'll have a gay character and they'll make it the whole thing like look at what we've done and then it's like that's kind of the yeah. purpose and so this show does such an excellent job of not doing that. So cool. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to I, check that one out. I will say I've watched the show three times mm-hmm. like, and I've enjoyed it as much as I did the first time, every single time. I'll have to... if, if you are interested, if you're interested, I would recommend it. For like, okay. You and like Noah and Joel and everything. Like, yeah, I'll have to check show. that one out. That, that's um, great. Cause I'm always looking for things that we can all watch together and like equally enjoy yeah Uh, it's a a silly show that they'll enjoy but yeah yeah yeah. good it's a good moral show good it was making me laugh cry yeah like think about myself and like how to be a better person just like alex did i don't know it's really incredible well it's also entertaining and the action is amazing all of that stuff all of that stuff about the thinking and crying and making a better person is a perfect segue to my number one and i went last because okay. it's the best show I know it. of all time um and it is boy meets world yeah yep, by yep. far the most influential because i i mean that was on tgif as well not only did it influence me throughout middle and high school and just i mean i just everything about it the lessons oh, so good but mr feeney is a big reason why i wanted to be a teacher I want to be Mr. Feeney whenever I get older. Now, granted, I am so, so, so far away from reaching that age, um, you know, 
But I didn't say it. <laughs> you said it. No, I'm just this, <laughs> I want to. I want to be Mr. Feeney. It's just like the life lessons in there. I have seen that show. I don't know how many times because I own them. But it's one of those shows that I would just watch, and I can tell you what the episode is. I can recite lines from the. I I can just say everything that's going on in the episode as soon as I see it. Um, the characters are amazing. I grew up with the characters, which that always makes a special place whenever you're like roughly the same age as the character, as you're getting older, it's so well done. And it even made me watch that trash that was girl meets world uh, because I just I wanted to, to watch you. like the characters and mm -hmm. I would watch them. I'm like this. I just, I stuck with it. Although I hated myself for sticking with it because the original characters weren't in it hardly at all. And I'm like, ah, but I boy meets world number one by far because I don't know if I'd be teaching if it weren't for that. And so I can't say it didn't have a big influence on me. It's crazy. It is that that show. Oh, perfect. Well, we're glad you watched perfect. that show. Yeah, sure. You, you know, I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask <laughs> where, where, where would I be able to watch Boy Meets World if I, if I felt inclined to Disney plus Disney plus it's right. on Disney plus. I'll let, I'll let everyone see. know Steven universe is on HBO yeah. max, HBO max. That's, okay. That's where I it's at. That. I have the Muppet that. Show is on Disney Plus. Yeah, no one Okay, cares. okay. So you uh, no. guys got Disney. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys got Disney Fair Shows enough. and I got HBO Max. Yes. Yeah. Our number. All right. Well, my number 10 was HBO Max with Sopranos. My number one then goes to Disney Plus. So I get more wholesome as it goes along because I was going back oh, into yeah. my youth. Like the yes. as I went, I was getting to more of my youth as we went. So. And Monday Night Raw. We had okay, to yeah, that's true. make it that's, come back from that's, that. And like, that's true. And that's the thing is like, I watched Steven Universe when I was younger, but I watched yeah. it again just like this year. Love yeah. it. Well, when and, twenty when 2020 hit, we were watching, I was ha watching Boy Meets World with Katie. Every night we would mm -hmm. watch a couple episodes because I don't, I mean, she had seen it some, but never like all the way through. So we were watching it all the way through because I just was like, and I loved doing it again. And I, I every episode I knew what was going to happen. I didn't care. Loved it. Yeah. I, I love being able to watch a show. I don't care if I know what's going to happen because yeah. it's still going to be awesome. And that means you, you know, have you an know, amazing show. Do you actually, you, you know who introduced me to the show? Who? Zachary Beichman. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Him, him and, uh, him and Tyler and all them. They, they love it. Awesome. Um, it, great show. Great. Well, we've given some, some good shows for people to check out. No doubt. Um, I want to thank you both for coming. Thank you, Maggie, for the idea. And You're again, welcome. if you ever have other ideas and you want to join, you are more than welcome. Just let me know and we will, we will come up with some stuff. So again, I want to say thank you. Well, thank you. We really enjoyed it. Thank you it. for having us. It was very, it was very fun. All right. I want to say another thank you, a big thank you to Maggie for coming up with that topic. Hopefully it was enjoyable. Uh, thank you to Alex as well. I'm glad he joined me and hopefully we can get together again on something else. Uh, now it is time to leave you with a quote and a joke. So let's start with the joke. So did you know that the first computer was actually owned by Adam and Eve? Yeah, apparently it was an Apple with a very limited memory. It just had one bite and everything crashed. Ah, uh, and then here, here's your quote. And this is actually a, an African proverb. And it goes, quote, knowledge is a garden. If it isn't cultivated, you can't harvest it, end quote. 
Uh, so again, thank you for joining me. If you made it this far, um, I do appreciate it and hopefully you had some fun. So stay safe. Don't forget to smile. <laughs>